As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. This racing lifestyle ain't made for everybody. We're a special breed with special needs, but we all came apart. No friends on the track, but in the pits we know the truth. And this a way your life fits the only thing that we do. BTE builds products that you can depend on, whether it's a complete power glide transmission, a torque converter for your specific combination, or any related component or bolt-on item. The professionals at BTE and Memphis Performance have what you need to succeed. Shop online at bteracing.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in sportsman drag racing and the stars within it. Welcome back, or welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast, where we sometimes discuss Kenny Schrader and Bo Kenny. All right. No Jed this week. He's got the week off. He and I will be back together for next week's show, so look forward to that. In the meantime, we've got a great show for you today. I will be joined by two-time million-dollar race winner, recent $100,000 winner, uh, arguably, or perhaps not arguably, the most illustrious, most successful, high-stakes, big-dollar bracket racer of all time, Gary Williams. I think you're going to love this conversation. Gary and I went down a couple of different roads, but I was actually, I wasn't uh, envisioning this coming in. I feel like Gary pulled back the curtain a little bit. We got into a, a, some strategic discussion. And again, he just kind of pulled back the curtain a bit on the way that he approaches the game. I found it fascinating. I think that you will too. Uh, excited for you to listen to it. I also, I, I had to ask him, who's better, Gary or Troy? So you can stick around for that as well. Um, after that discussion with Gary, uh, our own Ashley Thompson comes on. She kind of takes the reins of the, uh, the back half of the show. 
uh, where she'll discuss the latest happenings in the thisisbracketracing.com driver series. And she'll even uh, be joined by a couple of racers who have had success early on in the series and are looking good in the points. So that will close the show. Before we get there, just a couple of quick bullet points from the week that was in sportsman drag racing. Uh, we had the NHRA Division Four ET Finals, and we try to touch on on each of the seven division finals here on the show because it's it's just such a big deal. And this one hit home for me, just because two of the the big winners were uh, guys that I grew up watching and and really trying to em emulate. Awesome Bill Billy Simpson, uh, your Super Pro Division Four champion. Uh, couldn't be happier for that guy, number one, and certainly that that name is no surprise in the state of Texas or across Division Four. I don't know if it's a nationally known name, but Awesome Bill headed to Vegas uh, makes my heart smile. So happy for him. And then uh, Jeff Heffler, uh, winner in Pro ET, actually in a in a sibling rivalry final. Uh, it's, it's a good show for sibling rivalries, right? Between Troy and Gary. Jeff beat his brother Jeremy in the final. It was Jeff Heffler's ninth NHRA ET Finals championship. Nine times. That's insane. It would be a record if it weren't for Kyle Seipel. Seipel's won it 12 times. And that's not even counting Seipel's Race of Champions wins. He's got a handful of those as well. Um, but Jeff Heffler, nine-time NHRA Division ET Finals winner. That's nuts. Like, that's insane. And uh, so Jeff heading to, uh, I guess, will be Vegas now for the World Championship runoff. And at this point, as we record, just two divisions in the books this coming weekend, there are three more um, division finals, division ones, three and five. But at this point, uh, two divisions have been have crowned their champions. And already that pro ET runoff in Vegas looks amazing. I mean, you've got Jeff Heffler and Andy Schmall plus the, you know, six other, what I would assume would be big names and, 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 or, you know, very, very accomplished, very capable competitors. Uh, so the, the world championship runoffs are always huge and always fun, but uh, man, that one's got my attention already. Uh, talked about Seipel, talked about Jeff Heffler. I know that there have been a handful of other racers that have had just tremendous success at the ET finals. I think those two are at the tops of, of the list. I'm curious to get some listener feedback, like, it stands out to me that the Schmals, both of them, I think, have multiple division championships. Um, Daryl Goheen, I believe, has won multiple as well out in Division 5. Obviously, in more recent years, Mikey Sturgill, Jake Howard, both multi-time division championships. I don't, I don't think anyone rivals the record that, that Heffler and Seipel have put together, uh, but I could be wrong. So if, uh, if anything jumps out to you, let us know. Um, Kyle Seipel and Peter Biondo just recently released this Young Guns versus Has-Beens showdown at, uh, at the uh, Spring Fling Million Bristol. That is going to be so much fun. Like, I cannot, I, I'm excited just reading about it. Uh, I cannot wait to see it. Uh, G-Dub and I actually talk about that a little bit um, in that conversation, so I kinda, I'll kind of table it for there. I'll just say this. Um, my lean, <laughs> I, I guess I have a rooting interest. Like I, I, I'll be completely transparent. I, I'm rooting for the old guys here, right? The, the, the has-beens. And then, and then that's just my own personal bias having, I'm, I'm, I'm a tweener, I guess. I'm probably, I'd say I'm a decade or very nearly a decade younger than any of the has-beens, but I am at least a decade older than any of the young guns, perhaps a little bit more. And I just, I've been racing with the has-beens longer. I, I, I will give them a very slight edge. I think it'll be like five, three, 
maybe six two. Um, but my my rooting interest, nothing against the young guys, but uh, my rooting interest is definitely with the uh, with the old guard. So look forward to seeing that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, also touch base on this with uh, with Gita briefly towards the end of that interview. Um, actually, next week when when Jed and I come on the show, our schedule was to recap the SFG 500, which was originally scheduled for this weekend down at South Georgia, uh, Hurricane Sally had other plans, and that event has now been postponed, which actually leaves Kyle Riley and the SFG team with, a, with an interesting dilemma, because the, uh, we've talked about before on this show this unbelievable stretch of races that had the calendar fallen to where SFG 500 did take place this weekend, that race would be immediately followed by the Fall Fling Galat, which would be immediately followed by the Spring Fling Million at Bristol, which would be immediately followed by the Guaranteed Million, Great American Million at Memphis, and then I think one week off, and then the OG Million in Montgomery. Just an unbelievable stretch of races. We've talked about it here before. Well, now, with the postponement of the SFG 500, originally on that flyer, the SFG team had set the rain date to be the week following the million. And we had discussed here, Jed and I, on the show, how, or at least I had noted, how leery I would be if I was Randy Folk about just simply being last on the calendar, right? This speaks nothing of the event, the structure, anything like that, of the OG million. It's always going to be the OG million. I would just worry. I'd lose sleep promoting a race that fell last on that calendar. Well, now, according to the, the flyer date, uh, Cal Riley and SFG would move the SFG 500 to now the last date on the, on the calendar, the week following million. And I don't know, I'm not going to speak for Kyle. I just feel like he's got an interesting decision there because if it were me, there is no way that I would just volunteer to go last on the calendar, but I am not the gambler that Kyle Riley is. Like if that were me, I would push that race into 2021, I think. Um, but I'm, I'm not the gambler that Kyle is. And that's why he's, making, uh, you know, a, a very solid living promoting races, and I'm sitting here talking about them for nothing, right? Uh, it'll be interesting to, to see what he does, because I feel like it's a difficult decision. Either you go last on the calendar this year and, and hope that the entry fee money for all of your competitors holds out to that point, which seems a little bit sketchy, right? I would be worried about that. But the the positive side of that is you get this in pre-election and anything that you push back to you know, a later date, whether it's in the winter months or in early 21, it's going to be post-election. And I, I don't know, guys, like I don't, I try to be optimistic and, and I try to, uh, to influence our community in, in that way. Like, I, I, so I don't want to predict doom and gloom, but I just don't have a good feeling about the election, regardless of the outcome, like the, the, this, the, the divisiveness that we've talked about here on the show, the issues that we have, like, I just fear that post-election, uh, they get worse before they get better. Like, I just feel like this divide runs deeper post-election. I can't have a hard time imagining a scenario in which, I don't know, like 35 to 45% of Americans don't feel completely wronged by the outcome of the election. So, and, and I don't know where that takes us, right? And I don't know where it takes us economically. Like, I just feel like it's a big uh, what if lingering out there. So 
it's an interesting decision for, for Kyle. It makes interesting discussion for us. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I'm not sure that I'd want to be in his shoes because that's a really tough call. And uh, like I said, Gary and I will talk about that a little bit. I'll shut up and stop gas bagging again. Gary Williams for the next, I don't know, 45, 50 minutes. And then Ashley will come on to close the show with the latest on the This Is Bracket Racing Driver Series. But first, as always, our friend, PJ Norman. All right, joined by two-time Million Dollar Race winner. Uh, I don't even think it's arguable, G-Dub. I think you are the most illustrious big dollar bracket racer in the history of big dollar bracket racing recent uh as in like within the last week one hundred thousand dollar winner up at uh, ohio valley in louisville mr gary williams g-dub what's happening uh just getting around man how you doing doing great man always uh always fun to catch up and good to have you back on the show i guess the the key point uh the, the starting point anyway for a conversation take us through your last weekend at louisville man i i haven't made troy had all the stuff up there from winning the u.s nationals last week he drove right on over there and i flew in like cold trickle and came right over there and it was all laid out easy we had alfie setting the cars up getting them cleaned and ready and uh, the race was going smooth we first day the five grander i got down to like eight cars or so and went red to B Folk that won that and then the 20 grander I made it like four rounds or something I think I lost fifth round and car was doing unbelievably good and then um we started the the big race and got it going there at the 20 grand or 40 grander started and then we went into the big race and into the big race the car was doing decent and then it starts raining after a few rounds and uh come had to wait till Sunday and then on Sunday uh coming out I had a 640 car was you know I normally don't race from day to day with no time runs too much I mean we're doing more and more of that now with all these big car counts but uh we went right into 16 cars for 100 grand so I was walking to my neighbor's weather stations and asking them what they thought and everything wasn't moving too much but uh ended up with a old jp south there and dialed 640 something and we went down there and had a good race i got there three foul to go dead on for the win and from that point on it was really the car was decent and i was for some reason having double o lights and going dead on or taking not really going dead on as much as getting there first less than eight thousandths every time and they don't matter if they were letting out or spraying or what they were doing i just ended up on the right side of it somehow that's a good combination. Double O, B double O, take a little, right? Yeah, I, I tell you, I, sometimes I wasn't making the right decision. They just made it for me. <laughs> take me to the 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 run at sixteen with the uh, with PJ. Like, how much? How much would your your comfort? How much different would your comfort level have been had that been a four ninety opponent on a blind round Sunday morning? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I said. We were all joking about who we had and this and that. And, you know, some of them are like, you know, they they got Brian Folk or they got Kenny Underwood or da, da, da. And I said, man, honestly, at least you could judge them, guys. I, it's not that I can't judge it, but I got to really 
get on my toes to see this old 640 car out there right now with a blind run, you know. Um, and I, first off, you know, you're thinking not to do anything wrong because my car should be as good as anybody. So just tell her what it should go and go. And then I'm watching a lot of breakouts through the beginning of the round. I was at the end of the round, which, I mean, it's only 16 cars. But I was watching them break out, break out, break out. And I was like, man, if anything, I got to kill something or just, you know, it, my car's been really, really good. So when I let go, I really was set up tight, tight, tight on the tree. And I actually, against him, I bumped up. Um, and I bumped a, an 8 to a 13. And then I was driving down there, and I thought I had room. I started letting out, and I got their first free foul to go dead on 6. So that was just a good round to get by, you know. No question. And then, uh, so who did that set you up with at, uh, in the quarterfinals? Um, the next round I had, man, you had asking these hard questions. Um, for you, GW. <laughs> I can't remember who that one was. Uh, well, tell man, me, uh, I'm kind of interested too, because this was. Oh, it was TJ. It was TJ Coughlin. Oh, okay. Go ahead. So I went from, uh, PJ to TJ and, uh, we end up going down through there and I was double O got their first double O with him out of it a little like I said like he would have got by if he didn't let out some but uh I think he ended up one over to my two over and I got there three four thousandths or something um when I was double O three and then I came back and I had um Lane Dickens which is no slouch you know he only shows up 10 times a year and, and makes 10 finals a year so you got to watch him, and uh, we went down the track, and I was 004, got their first eight thousandths to go one over or two over to his two over, or his one over. He was like teen and one over or something. I don't remember his numbers exactly, but I was four, got their first eight, and then in the finals, I had Underwood, and there's a lot to that story. <clears throat> Last year at the same race, we ran – for a 10 grand final and the car I was running, I like tried to spray it at the finish line and it backfired, bang, did all kinds of stuff. And I turned off the track with it shut off. And I realized that maybe it's not blown up. Let me see if I could start it. And as I hit the starter, it makes a noise and won't even turn over. I'm like, Oh man, I get out and look and the starter index is laying on the ground. I'm like, uh, what happened? You know, I, I just tried to spray across the finish line and all this happened. Well, they come down there like, Oh no, don't spray this car. It's got the wrong nitrous solenoids on it. I'm like, oh, I've been all day waiting to try it, and I tried it, and it's all bad. So me and him get the car back together and and race, and when we come up there in the finals, me and him just decided to split and go into the 50 grander that they had next. So we just split and quit at a 10 grander at this race last year, and then me and him are in the finals this year. And the other thing is, is me and him, I know at one time you had a show and you talked about no split 50 grand finals. Me and Underwood had a no-split 50-grand final in 1999. Going to bring this up. I was there. Yeah. Gateway. Yeah. Gateway, yes, sir. Which I know back then, they paid a ridiculous amount to run her up. And we were both driving for other people, and the people we were driving for were in a pissing match. So we, me and him pulled up there and said, hey, you know, runner-up money's more than we came here with. Good luck. And we pulled on out on the track while they were still hooting and hollering and racing. And, uh, yeah, I, I won that race in 99 over Underwood for 
fifty grand no split, and that was like my biggest win forever. Um, so and then we come up here for a hundred grand, and it was a good race. I was double oh four, got their first two. He tried to spray drop by me, and he ended up um, like twenty on twenty four and four thou under. So. I mean, there was some humility in the way that you just ran through all of that, but the way that I took it, at least from Sunday on, so the final four rounds, you were a machine. Like, double O, take double O every lap. And the, the, that race, the day before, I, I want to say I had a team light in one of the rounds, but I never got there. One round I was given the finish line away against um, the vintage trailer girl. Um, I can't think of her name right now. Troy Stones. And she uh, she hit let out, got on the brakes, and went one over or something. No, I, I'm sorry. She went dead on with a three and got there two tenths out last. So she didn't have a lot of room, but she almost put it in that window too. You know, I was messing it up again, and it made it where I got there less than a foul. And then it comes the next round, I got there like three foul. And then the most I got there was eight foul. The least I got there was eight ten foul. But I got there every round. and. Uh, it was, I think my worst light was 13. That's a good run. I would take that. I'm interested too, because this particular race at, uh, at Ohio Valley, it was a 64 car field, no buyback deal, right? Yeah, no buyback, 64 cars. Um, and it was, it got broken up because of the weather. But uh, other than that, it was pretty smooth sailing. Juxtapose that with, say, like the traditional million, or you know, I mean, you've been in so many of these big finals for fifty grand, hundred grand, whatever the case may be. Is there any different feel early in the race, late in the race, like just being a, a smaller field and, and no second chance? Um, it's definitely like first round of the million. You definitely want to win, but you could buy back, you know. So it's it, that that's like. I feel like this race, you already bought the extra rounds because you paid that much money to go at 64 cars. You know, it, it's, I mean, people were like, oh, it's two grand for a hundred grand. We can play two grand and run for the million or something. Okay, well, you're going to, if you have to buy back one of those rounds, or it, it's like buying four rounds for extra money because you're down to 64 cars when you start. And then you, uh, oh, we got a fire truck here coming through. Um, you know, you're down to 64 cars when you start. So it's like, just making it a lot more of a every round counts no matter what it, it it's like making the split at the million the round before the split you gotta you gotta win you know to get to that round and it's every round counts no matter what at all races but you know there's no buybacks here and at 16 cars we were supposed to get zero to lose you know and <laughs> it's 100 grand to win so it's definitely a gambler style race, but that's the kind of stuff I like because it just it we wouldn't have been all day if if it wasn't for rain. We could have had that whole race done in no time and won a hundred grand, you know. Right. No, it's and it's obvious that that's the kind of style that you like. I mean, we've talked about it here on the show before, and I know in recent years you you finally like the odds cut up with you a little bit. You've dropped a couple of these big big finals, but it was years, decades. Um. I don't remember the exact number. I know we've talked about it here before, but I think you'd won 10 or more events that paid $30,000 or more to win without ever losing a final. And your record now still has to be like 12 and three or something ridiculous. You may know I don't. What is your 
reaction. I'm curious when you hear yourself described as the premier, the best big dollar high stakes bracket racer of all time. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I think that I really get up for the bigger races, but I sometimes I, I always want to win. I'm there to win the, if we're running for $50 in a jawbreaker, I'm, I'm trying to win. I'm never like not into it, but I don't know why I just, I try not to fold under pressure. And that's, I guess the only part that I can say is I have done it before. I mean, I've messed up races for no problem at all. I mean, we've done, we used to not sweat at all because our ratio was always that way. And B&M races used to be 10 grand and 1500. I've left with 1500 several times. And then you come to races that are 25 grand or more. I didn't lose one forever. And I think I was like nine and zero for 25 and higher. And now in the last little while I've lost two of them or something, you know, but as long as they let me keep getting there, we'll split now. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I would have to imagine it's when you find yourself in those situations, a, you've got the experience, like you said, of, of both winning and losing. Like there's, there's basically, I can't imagine short of perhaps like the full on guaranteed million dollar final. I can't imagine a situation that forget even the thought of making you uncomfortable. I can't imagine a situation you haven't been in before. So that experience has got to be confidence. And just the fact, I think you even alluded to this, just having the success late in those races that you've had it doesn't, it's not necessarily a precursor for, for future success, but you know that you can do it. And I would have to imagine that that has to give you an edge or you feel as though like an advantage in those situations. Is that fair? Yeah. And, and not that like most of the time you're running people like Kenny Underwood in the finals and that he definitely, I mean, he won more last year, the last two years than I'll probably ever win. But yeah, you go out there with hey, you know, this person knows I've won all these and I know I've won all these. This is why I'm going to win all these. I'm not going to try to, you know, I'm trying my best not to fold in the finals, which I'm sure the next race I'll probably go 30 red or hundred green or something. But, you know, I can't say that, yes, I'm better than anybody else, but I've definitely gotten a lot luckier. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago, my uncle passed away. And, uh, and since that deal, it's like, no matter what I'm giving the finish line up or not, it, I end up getting there. They hit the brakes or something or, um, you know, like I bumped red light screen, which I hardly ever bump up and I bumped red light screen and my brother, you know, runs, uh, in the finals of us national and the guy goes one towel under to his four over. You know, it's just, things have been going our way since. So, uh, we're definitely going to try to keep riding with that. Yeah. It's funny how sometimes you feel like you're getting a little help. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely been the situation recently. Our uncle Bob just passed away a few months ago and it's been from that point on it's we've won i've been in a lot of finals this year yeah no doubt this is uh obviously the the hundred grander the biggest one but you have absolutely been on a roll i want to circle back to the the final with underwood you you mentioned a couple matchups that's that's two years in a row at that event that you and kenny have squared off in the final we talked about the fifty thousand dollar final years ago and i know that in some respects uh Kenny was a, a bit of a mentor to you, perhaps still is. I know that you guys are still very close. Can you uh, can you recall any other final round confrontations and or, you know, talk a little bit about that relationship? Oh, no, he definitely helped us a lot when we first started traveling and it still helps us today. 
I mean, any time that I'm in late and he's not, he'll pay attention to the other people and come tell us what he thinks and uh, definitely give any input he can't has. And uh, he, man, there, think about how long he's been racing and how good he's doing for his age. I mean, that guy's, if I'm half as good as he is at his age, I'll, you can't ask for much better than that. That dude has still got it, still gets it. Uh, does I think he puts blowers on his Camaro and stuff just to make it harder for him. Um, he definitely does crazy stuff like that. I really can't think of a lot of finals that we ran in. It seems like we've ran in a ton. Um, we've definitely ran late in races and done stuff like that. But, you know, it's like you never can tell with Underwood. He goes up there one race and won't split nothing. And he comes back the next race, and we're down to cutting a piece of cheesecake in half. You know, you you never can tell how much he's going to split or what he's going to do. Or, well, I mean, me and him, we always do something with each other. Heck, if we're in late, we'll probably do something and not do it with other people, just just to make it to where we can try to put our stuff in our plate and keep on going. But he, years ago, when I was traveling racing and getting to the big finals and stuff, and I, you know, never done that stuff before, he would come up and be like, hey this guy is not going to be this on the trees. Not, you just need to be 12 and do this and that, that, that. And when me and him got in that first big final, he done told me how to win the final 15 times. So I was, I was like, well, I'm going to uh, think he's going to be 12. Like he always tells me to be, and he's going to try to do this. So I'm just going to let him think I can't run it. And I got nitrous and he was dialed up a little bit and he was 12 on the tree and, I was 008, and we get running down through there, and he starts letting out, and I spray in front of him and then start letting out again. And it was just not that he told me how to beat him, but I've listened to everything he said forever, and uh, we were just, you know, it ended up being a pretty good race, but I wasn't going to be 12 to somebody I thought was going to be 12 if I could help it. <laughs> in those, in particularly in the in the final rounds or, or, or late rounds of those big dollar um situations like do you attribute your success and that near unblemished record late in races to you doing something spectacular or is it more you make the the same run that you've been making all day and let everybody else screw up or is it a combination of the two you know a couple years ago I had a bad year and I was looking back on it and my car was the best it's ever been and my trees were unbelievably good and I couldn't win hardly anything. And I, I was looking at it and I was thinking, I was like, you know, I've always held ET and I wasn't holding much because the car was so good. I'm just going to go dial up and race like I'm used to racing. And I started winning again. So now I really think, you know, you can go dead on with a, a car going under at all times. You can't always go dead on if it's going a few thousand slower, which I'm not saying my car would go off the dial in back then, but it changes their game to run somebody that's holding when they're not used to seeing as holding as much as I hold. And then just, it makes them mess up more and it gives me more room. I feel like, and I love it when people that are dialed to go honest and then they run you and they try to do what you're doing. I do it every run. It's not like I'm just going to start doing it this round to run you. Um, if you're going to change your plan to run somebody, you, better know you've done it before you know and and there's a lot of people that do it and know how to do it well and uh, and a lot of that you know you're you're shooting at moving targets and it's hard um so just like I said this weekend I know I got there very little every round but most of it was them letting off and them hitting the brakes it wasn't always me 
I just ended up in the right spot and it happened. Most of the time I'm lighting it up one or two over and getting there, you know, very little. And it's because I already had it messed up and they let out. <laughs> and it just, uh, it, it's just, I think that when you show them something that they're not used to seeing, it could make them change their plan. And it gives you a little bit more. And when I'm late in those races, I know what got me there. And I will hardly ever change what I'm doing once I start going good rounds with it. If I'm holding one or if I'm holding six, when I get late in the race, I'll be like, yeah, this is what got me here. I don't want to change that now. You know, and honestly, my car in the last two years has been really, really good. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's a lot to say what makes me win those races because it takes a lot to make it make you win. It only takes a little to make you lose. But I really feel like when I get late in the race, I don't not set up real close. I, I'm still set up as tight as I was third round or whatever round. And when I'm, I don't worry about if it goes red, it goes red. If it goes late, it goes late. I mean, I'm, I'm letting go the same if we're a time run or if we're the finals, at least I try to. And sometimes that's 30 and sometimes that's sub low and sometimes it's red, but whatever it is, that's how I normally attack it is just the, whatever's been winning. I'm going to use that route. To your point, strategically speaking, like I'm, I'm one to, I've always believed like there's a time and a place for everything, but I, I really, it resonates with me, what you said. I'm, I'm interested to hear if you would agree with this. I feel like whoever, like people talk about, well, the faster car is in control of the race or the better lights in control of the race or whatever. I always felt like the, the, the driver that controls the race, the dictates the action at the finish line is the one that's going to get there first. If you both hold it wide open. Like, um, yes and no. I mean, definitely if it's a, a driver that's going to drive backwards at any point, yes. Um, if we're heading down the track and I'm holding five and you're ahead of me, then you're not in control of nothing. I'm, I'm closer to the dial at this point. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, I mean, you could do whatever you want from up there. I, I'm seeing what you're doing and I'm also back here going oh, closer to my dial in. So at this point, I'm closer to our target. But I, I don't know. I, I do hold a lot, and I'm not that fast of a car at all the times. I, I've, I mean, some of my biggest wins were in the overkill car going 5.10, 5.09. And, you know, this my car right now, I was dialed 480s. It's not like it's a 440 or 450 car. I don't feel like you have to have the fastest car to win. I feel like in the last couple of years since they separated door cars and dragsters, it made it where a car in the middle of either field is good to where before I kind of like to have the little bit of the faster car to see everything in front of me at all times. Now, you know, we're running door cars at the end of the race. We don't get to see them all the time. It's different when I get to see a 450, 60 dragster all day long. And now I get a 650 car, you know, I, back then I used to build my cars to go 650 if I was building a door car. Now I'm setting them up to go a little bit quicker to do more because it's not, that's not the ET that's hard to drive anymore. We're not seeing that. If you're a 650 door car, you're running all these door cars that go 60s, 590s all the time. And you're getting late in the race and you're running somebody going four or something, you know? It, it's not like it used to be when they were together to where you're running a car that goes, you know, 450s, 460s, 470s, one round and then the next round you're running 690s or 650s or you know every round it was 
either way and you kind of have to figure it out either way now you get to see the same stuff so much that if you actually the only thing is it's hard to learn teach people to do this because you're racing for so much money it's like do you just dial this person up three four hundreds and say go learn because every every race you go to is 20 grand or more mm-hmm. and the races you don't go to that that don't pay that half of them don't have cars going like that fast and separated or they're you know they're all together so it's hard to teach people what you're doing without a bunch of entry fee and buybacks and all that so i mean it's beneficial if there's somebody really trying to do that to go rent a track and take a couple cars and let them see the same thing and learn how to do it yeah i would agree with that i uh i want to circle back to it's been what uh a month and a half ago now, we're at uh, the World Super Pro Challenge in Stanton, Michigan. You and Nick Folks square up $10,000 final round and make the mutual decision that uh, basically we're going to zero the delay boxes and hit the bottom, both in fast dragsters. That was entertaining to watch. I'm curious if you have one specific, like, crazy final round story that stands out, maybe even more than that one, of, like, ran a buddy and here's some of the crazy link that we did. Um, no, no, not really. Uh, the one with Nick, we didn't even zero the lay box. We just took a second out. So it still had like 150 in the delay box. And <laughs> Bottom clean. That, that's what, yeah, that's what the confusing part was. Is like, even when I do it on the practice tree, I pull 120 or 130 out, you know, I just need a little bit more to make sure it's on instead of, cause you know, it's coming. You want to make sure it's on. I don't know. That's the way I do it. And with him and that deal, I'm sitting there in my head with a, four second dragster trying to leave on the bottom like make sure it's on but yet i got the delay in the box enough that i need to like crush it and we both let go within eight thousandths of a second one dead on one one over it made a race out of it but boy it didn't look good on paper <laughs> as you guys said when you got out the announcer should have just announced the difference in reaction times right <laughs> yeah so i, I would have been happy with that and i told him before we pulled out i said man I want to dial up some because I'm not sure I could be double O like this. He goes, no, no, we both just were going dead on last pass. Leave it alone and pull one second out the box. So he taught me right out of that one. I, I have those wah-wah laying out there. <laughs> well, it was entertaining. I, have some, I had a lot of people ask me, were you and Nick really this late in the final? I'm like, man, come on. There's a lot to that. <laughs> I had that. Uh... Just, like, just like when Troy and all the guys were heckling us about it, how bad we were on the tree. I uh, I told him, you know, you guys can mess up that final round on the bottom, too, if you win the first eight. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> the uh, Jeremy Jensen and I ran on the final one. I think it was a 10-grander at the Hill years ago, both in dragsters. Dragsters at the Hill could be a whole different discussion. But uh, mm-hmm. down seven flatheads up. That was a good one. Like, that was fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I ran a guy one time with a a roadster and I had a slow dragster back a long time ago. We were running 890 and neither one of us had throttle stops. So that was pretty fun. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How'd that turn out? Uh, I ended up winning, but I think we both went like 94 and 96. Uh, I, I, he goes like 860s and I went 830s and we went down the track. We let off the whole road. I left and let off like I had a throttle stop. And he was just driving away, and I just floored it and drove back up to him. And then he started letting off, letting off, and we were letting off all different ways. And we both get on the brakes, and I end up getting there for the win. And I was like, man, how in the heck did this just happen? (laughs) 
right, we've talked a lot about the the big dollar bracket scene. I think it's fair to say that you have even in your travels and and basically having not missed a, a mega dollar event for shoot two decades more or less. I would imagine you've never seen nothing never seen anything quite like the next month provides. Uh, I'm sure that your plans, as we record here on, uh, on Wednesday evening, your plans were to be in South Georgia this weekend for the SFG 500. Uh, the hurricane had other plans, but even at that, you've got, I would assume, and you correct me if, uh, if I'm off at all on your schedule, the, the Galat Fling, the Bristol uh, Spring Fling Million, the Guaranteed Million at Memphis, maybe a week off, the OG Million at Montgomery, and who knows after that. Um, do you obviously I would imagine in, in your shoes, this just looks like a huge business opportunity. I'm curious, is it as you kind of prepare for this is do you feel like it's more of a an excitement like we get to raise for this kind of money? Are you a little bit like dreading like it will be just a grueling haul of four weeks or somewhere in between? I'm actually really excited. Um, it, it's what we like to do. Uh, I definitely like the big money stuff and everything that they're putting together right now. I don't know how people can do it. I, I seriously, I just won that race and was like, from this point on, I, I need to put all this stuff off for entry fees. And I, and it's just crazy. I had it figured up at one point with double entering from the week that just went until I end up uh, at the OG, it was $33,000 in entry fees. And that's not including everything you got to do, you know, buybacks and all that, right? getting in dragster races and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I just don't understand how some people can do it. And it's just crazy. If I wouldn't have won that race, I'd been looking for people to put me in before this stuff's all said and done. How freeing is it to be in this position and essentially now get to look at this incredible, you know, five, six week stretch as a, as a free roll of sorts? Yeah, it's definitely, and honestly, this year has been, so good to us and we've been winning pretty much something almost I think like two weekends this year we didn't win enough money to pay our way out of the weekend or whatever but uh when we go from one race to the next and all that and it's like we're still living on their their money it makes it a lot better and when you're looking at what's out there you know it could be life-changing in the next few months no question. And to that point, it feels like you and Troy are just going back and forth, one up in each other, right? He wins a hundred at Glot, you win a hundred here, you win a 20, he wins the U.S. Nationals. Like it's just been back and forth. It's been for two guys that are so accustomed to success. I mean, it's been, it's got to be one of your better seasons as a tandem, right? Oh, definitely as a tandem. It seems like we're either one off, one on, you know, and for both of us to be doing good at the same time sure makes it a lot easier, you know. Um, they, you, you know, even when he's doing good and carrying me and when I'm doing good carrying him, it, they see that same black FTI cars roll around there. As long as they keep rolling around there, it keeps, you know, a little fear in the eyes and makes it where it's still we have the chances of, you know, the red lights or the people messing up. It, it, as long as there's us both doing good and it really makes it a lot better for us. I think it, it motivates each of us, you know, and then uh, when you're taking their money and going to these races and we're, finally all our own cars and everything now it really makes it a lot nicer for us no question what uh all right so the 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 question of the hour like i had to get to this one because i, I got to get your your response on record like uh who's better you or troy <laughs> so I, I think I, I heard one that you did with him you asked him and he said that he uh he's better day in and day out but there's days that nobody could be better than 
I don't know if there's days that nobody could be better, but I have some days that I come back and look at the tickets like, wow, you were just <laughs> sub nine on the tree for 11 runs and did every right decision. Even when the car messed, if the car slows up 200, she stay on the, like close to the floor to win. How does, why do you do that? You know? And I'm not, I'm, I don't know. Sometimes I just get lucky with stuff like that. I'm, I went through, like I said, a year of letting go double O more and I wasn't and the car didn't move anything and I couldn't win. But there's days that, um, I don't think Troy or whoever could beat me. And then there's days that I can't make it out of the trailer without running myself over. <laughs> I just, I'm interested to hear your reaction because this is my perception. Having, having known you guys for what, 20 plus years, right? I felt like years ago that while you were always, you know, if, if Troy was winning, you were always his biggest fan and vice versa. I always felt like there was this kind of underlying sibling rivalry that just would never end. I don't feel that anymore. Like, I, I feel like you guys are, are like, I think you're happier when Troy wins than he is. And Troy's happier when you win than he is. Like, is, do you think that that's a fair assessment? Yeah, I, I do feel like you're really on page with that because in the last few years, it's like, if we do have to race, we try our best not to, and we go on about our business. But back then, if they said, oh, you two got a race, you can't move lanes, we're like, okay, we put our helmets on, don't talk, pull out on the racetrack. I mean, there's been races that we're parked right next to each other, and I come back, and we know we got a race on the ladder. And by the time I get back, one pair behind him, he's already put fuel in the car and drove the lane. I'm like, well, I guess, guess we're not talking about this. And by the time I drive up there, I put my helmet on, we pull out on the racetrack, you know? The guy that was supposed to be there at like three cars is up there. Whoa, whoa, well, you guys split with us? Because well, we didn't talk about nothing. We're heading down the road. And, and now it's like, hey, man, this sucks. We got to run, you know. But I, I'm once the stage lights are on, then maybe that rivalry will come back up. But we don't. We definitely don't want to hurt each other like we did back in the day. <laughs> didn't you two square off semis of one of the millions that you won? Um, yeah, we ran in the semis of the million and Memphis and 08 or 07, 07. And it was the only good lap I made of the day. <laughs> I was not, I was not feeling good. And I was just, I was sleeping in the motorhome for hours and they woke me up and told me I almost missed a round. And I went out and continued racing and I was in my top dragster car. And, and at the semis, they told us it's me and Troy and we do a little extra money deal and whatever. And we come around there, and uh, at this point, I've been horrible on the tree and just holding a lot. And I was in a 450 car. He was in a 460 car, maybe 470s. I don't remember. But we went running down the track, and I pulled all the delay out from where I've been late. I'm like, oh, well, if I go red this round, at least it's for him, you know. I pulled, I don't know, quite a bit of delay out, and I ended up double O on the tree. We go down there, and. I'm lifting, 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 coming by him, and then I just decide to hit the brakes, and he lifts a little and hits the finish line and goes two thou under with like a four on the tree, and I was five and dead on with a six. And uh, we get to the ET shack, and the kid that was on the ET shack at this point is sleeping. And uh, Troy walks over and gets the ticket and walks over and looks at it. And when we pull up, the first thing he said was, how much did you feed me? And I said, uh, not a lot, less than 15. And he's just shaking his head. He's mad. He goes, gets that ticket, and he reads it, and he slaps me in the chest with it and said, you just better win this thing. <laughs> and he gets in his car and rode off. But, yeah, that, that he goes – he told me before we pulled out, 
we're making history because we just felt like one of us should win. And I'm sitting there going, well, probably him because I'm driving horrible. <laughs> and it was, it was one of them things, uh, the guy in the finals went red, so I didn't even go 20 feet. Yeah, and it was at that point, you, you guys had both had a million-dollar race win to your credit. One of you is likely to get the second and be the first to do it. Any uh, any memorable finals between you and Troy? <laughs> well, in my early years, they were all his way. It was like forever I couldn't beat him. And we were at our home track, and I was racing this guy's 11-second Camaro, and I was driving good, but the car was – it was moving around a little bit. And I ended up running him in the um, finals – and I just beat some other dragster the run before, killing a lot to make a close race out of one that shouldn't have been. And uh, I end up running him, and I pulled the delay out, and the guy that owns the car comes over. He goes, hey, put a couple towel in, man. You, you know, we're, you're set up way too tight for this. Da, da, da. I put, reached over there. I put one towel in. I said, that's for you, buddy. And we pulled out there, and I leave, and I just feel like I ripped the tree down. And I'm running down through there. And I should be going like five or six under, but the car's been moving like four. So – I'm down there lifting, 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 lifting until he comes by and lets out. I'm like, oh, man, my 11 second to the 7 8 car, I wasn't doing so well down there. Um, <laughs> he come right on by and turned the wind light on. And I was so upset about that. I was double one on the tree, like I set up, and I just messed it all up. And then months later, maybe a year later, we're at Piedmont racing, and we get to the finals. He was like double entered late, and he finally goes, oh, we're just going to run once instead of, you know, running my by run and you run and then you know we run again he goes so let's just run once for the dragster we'll split close or whatever and when we left and his red light came on i was like yeah finally beat him from that point on i i got him i think a little bit more and he's got me then but it took a long time for me to finally turn that first one on against him <laughs> uh I, want and I think i think like in the long run if there's a points issue uh get a point series or something he's probably better at that and then like if there's a short weekend thing i'm probably better at that you know once i get winning it feels like i can only get one or two in the weekend sometimes to where he can all year you know win here win there win here i i can just blow up in spurts you know yeah no i think to your point about troy like there's just a i don't know if discipline is the right word like there is just a consistency in his approach that I think few can match. Like, I just don't think there are many people that bring it day in and day out the way that your brother always has. Right. <clears throat> yeah. He, uh, he, he try to get him to put a little on that delay box and keep it green and make them beat him is like the hardest thing. He, he's normally <laughs> set up real, real tight. And I mean, I get the arrogance and set up real tight sometimes too, but man, I feel like if you say something to him, he just pulls more out. So just let him roll with it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, all right, so two things I wanna I wanna kind of pick up on as part of this upcoming stretch. First off, I know that you are not personally a part of it, but how fired up are you about this Young Guns versus Hasbens deal at the Springfield Million? Like this looks cool. Oh, I hate it. They called me a, bet a tweener. <laughs> yeah, they were all myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're. Your man Peter's like, I'm excited. We're we're going to be on the same team beating these guys, blah blah blah. And then they come in like, hey, uh, yeah, you're 45 and older and under 30. I said, oh, young guns are like 25 and under. They've been running juniors for years. I said, old is like 40. Come on, man. No, no, they wouldn't let it happen. So I'm a tweener, so I'm like growling at it. But yeah, it's a pretty neat thing. I, I think it'll draw some attention. A lot of people will like it. Um, I think it's a lot 
I think it's way better than the uh, pros versus Joes just because it's, they're all in the same field. They all do the same stuff. Yep. You know, it's, it's not like we're running somebody that's top fuel and we're not running, they're not running somebody that, you know, concentrates on the tree like that and loses by thousands like that. So you know, they're, we're all in the same field, same stuff, and it should work out pretty cool. Um, I, I kind of would like to see on some of the pairings, like which car is certain people racing, you know, like I feel if certain people are in certain cars, then the pairings would be even better, you know, like, I don't know. Is Peter bringing his car? Is he going to drive somebody else's? Is Gage driving his Mustang or is he going to drive a dragster? You know, stuff like that. I know Matt Dattis' little red car got tore up, but I think he said he'd have it back together. You know, stuff like that. Just see which vehicle they're in and stuff before you make your picks. But that's a pretty neat ordeal. I can't wait to see how it turns out. Do you, uh, you're going to, you're probably going to, I'm asking you to tick off eight people one way or the other, but like, do you have a, a lean or at least a rooting interest? Um, I honestly, I first looked at it, I was saying it was going to be four and four, but I think it might lean towards the, the, uh, has-beens by, you know, three to five. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And I think, I think we're just biased. I think that's kind of where our heart is. <laughs> we both lean a little bit closer to that end where I guess we're both technically tweeners, but yeah, like, uh, the has are the guys that I kind of grew up, uh emulating and, and racing besides so i feel like i have a ton of respect for all of them i, I kind of lean the same way yeah i mean you know it's it's who you get at the track if you got edmund fired up wanting the win then there, it's going to be hard to beat him if you you know same with scotty and i know troy's going to be fired up wanting to win but um you know there's it's i feel like if gage is ended up in a car that he could judge somebody and he's got a good chance if, if his mustang's going dead on he's got a good chance you know it's it's one of those things that if he ends up running Labus and his dragster and him and his Mustang, then whoever's car is best that day, you know. Uh, one more uh, question about the the upcoming schedule. Uh, we alluded to earlier the the SFG 500 has been postponed. I'm curious. Put yourself in uh, in Kyle Riley's shoes. The original flyer had a makeup date that would put that event the weekend after the million. If you're Kyle Riley. Do you go there or do you just push it back to 2021? I, I know I would push it back to 21, but I'm not the gambler that Kyle Riley is. Like, what are your thoughts? How would you feel about being at the end of that schedule? Yeah, he already put a race on that weekend, didn't he? Like some 20 granders or something at South Georgia. Oh, really? I wasn't aware of that. Okay. And I think he, you know, I don't know, but it was like a real cheap entry fee, 20, it might even be a 50, 20, 50, 10 or something. Um, and it was a real cheap entry fee. So he was talking, uh, from what I was hearing, he was talking about maybe opening that up and putting the 500 in the middle of that and leaving the other races small. But that changes all them guys' plans, you know, that the little guys that were actually going to come to those cheap entry fee race that have to get off work and stuff, that they'll be racing in the middle of the week now. I, I really don't think he has a good option, but I definitely, if it was me, I know a lot of people are like, well, yeah, but we paid him already, and now we're going to push this race off into 2021. Um, he hasn't messed up on my behalf. He's always paid everybody and done everything he said. And when he changes his mind, it normally is better for the racer. So as of this point, whatever decision he makes, I guess we're just going to go ahead with. But I think uh, his original April of 2021 is probably the best bet. I wouldn't want to have a high entry fee race at the end of all these big races. I agree. I, I just think that's a tough sell, even with all of the, the momentum that, 
Kyle and SFG have going for them. I think just going last is a tough sell. Right. All right, G-Dub, that's good stuff, man. Good. That's, uh, I think that's all I got for you. Is there anything that you want to say in closing before we move on? Um, no, not really. Just hope that the next few weeks go good and that we'll uh, get out there and have some fun. And, I mean, these races are starting on Tuesday every week, so it sure makes work life hard. But uh, see if we can't keep everything going and show up at all of them. And, and my Nesbitt engine has been – I've been wearing that poor little girl out. And that FTI stuff has just been there for me. The car's been unbelievably good. All that Mosier rear end and all that stuff. And the uh, Mickey Thompson, Quick Fuel, um, Jags, them guys really help us a lot and keep us VP. They uh, keep us, you know, coming to all these races. It sure makes it a lot easier when you go there and you got all the best stuff. Yeah, no, you are, uh, you guys are definitely, just with the schedule that you keep putting equipment through a torture tank, torture chamber and it is uh, obviously holding up as well as any so that's impressive for uh, all of the companies that are affiliated with you guys yeah and you know it just that for them to be beha- behind us you know years ago i was jason lynch if you ever learn anything from that guy it, he's amazing but he uh that old hillbilly he told me one time where i was like i think it was a starter or a flywheel that was had a tooth broken or something and I was like, I don't get through the weekend. He goes, what's wrong with you? Go change that. He goes, that's what makes us better. And then we got trailer full of parts and nothing but, you know, time to do this. Go fix whatever little problem you have. And then he gets a shirt later. It says, if it ain't broke, fix it till it is. So now anytime that my car is a little bit off, I try my best to at least try to fix it before the that race or even in the middle of the race or whatever. But recently, man, the car's been unbelievable for a couple years now. It's been really good. And, and that combination I got together with that uh, Nesbitt motor and that FTI converter, man, and them tires, Mickey Thompson tires, it just, and that quick fuel and VP, it just seems to be so good for us, man. Words to live by from our favorite hillbilly. I love it. <laughs> if it ain't broke, fix it till it is. <laughs> G-Dub, thank you for coming on with us. Congratulations on your performance and uh, best of luck here over the next, uh, well, the rest of this, specifically the next uh, month or so. Are you going to be at any of them? I'll be at Memphis for sure. I'd say, uh, I could say like 35% on Bristol right now, working on Bristol. Well, I'm going to be at all of them, and I hope I get in that dragster race at Bristol and uh, Memphis I'm excited about, man. That, that race just, that one's got me fired up. I've always done good there. I've won my biggest races there. Um, I'm just really excited to go to that, and them guys are trying their best to keep it promoted and look good, and I'm glad they got it filled up and it's happening. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I can't wait, man. Good stuff. All right, buddy. Thank you. Looking to become a better racer? This is BracketRacing.com has you covered for free. Browse through our online library. It includes over 350, yes, 350 unique training resources dedicated to seemingly every aspect of our game, sportsman drag racing. Determine which resource best fits your needs right now, whether you're struggling with reaction time, finish line execution, the mental game, or something else entirely. We've got tools designed to help you. And then you get access to that resource, that one single lesson that will most benefit you today, absolutely free. 
simply visit thisisbracketracing.com and click start here on the homepage. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. To make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available, subscribe. And, and, and you can do that on Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing uh, our show today. Just subscribe. That way that you know that you have got the latest uh, edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast over the PA on race day. Jed and I are proud to partner with Bill Taylor Enterprises, that's BTE, here within the podcast. Neither of us, Jed or myself, are strangers to BTE products, services, or customer service. I've personally been using BTE transmissions and converters exclusively since 1998. Um, That's 20 years. BTE has quite literally powered every race, every championship, every round that I've won for my entire adult life. My point, they build products that I depend on. BTE builds products that Jed depends on. BTE builds products that you can depend on. Whether it's a complete top dragster or or top sportsman power glide transmission, a torque converter designed for your specific combination, or any transmission component or bolt-on item, the folks at BTE and Memphis Performance have what you need to succeed in today's ultra-competitive world of sportsman drag racing. Shop online at BTE Racing. Com. All right. Hey guys, this is Ashley and I am here with a, this is a bracket uh, racing driver series update. Today I've got a special guest introducing the leader of the points in the top bulb category of the driver series. We've got Lane Savar. Lane, why don't you introduce yourself, where you're from, um, and whatever else you want to share with our listeners. Uh, I'm Lane Savar, uh, 21 years old. Um, I live in Puyallup, Washington, which is about an hour south of Seattle. Um, I would call my home track uh, Pacific Raceways, but um, I've raced at Bremerton, which is the host of the Driver Series for many years. I actually got my first win there. Um, I'm a local machinist at DG Machine in Auburn. Cool. So for our listeners who don't know, this year is sort of a beta version for the series. We're seeing what works, what doesn't, and we're going to make some changes for next year um, to make it better for the racers and hopefully reach more racers with more track participation. But Lane, you were like one of the first people to sign up. What drew you to sign up for the driver series? Um, probably the money aspect of it was the, the biggest key. Uh, uh, me and uh, my best friend Matt uh, were both elite members, and so uh, you know we were some of the first people to know about it. And um, it coming to Bremerton, which is only an hour away from me, uh, we don't get to ever race for anything big money around here. So uh, the big twenty-five hundred dollar cash payout was definitely um, big key to the right. immediate sign up. Didn't have to question it. <laughs> right. And as an elite member, if you win, you get that bonus thousand. Yeah. Um, so do you have any, cause right now you, well, you won the first two races at Bremerton and then you got some points this last weekend. Um, do you have any key rounds that got you through those, you know, first couple races? Um, 
the first two races, uh, it was a doubleheader weekend. Uh, Saturday night, we didn't actually get to finish. And I think I was in round four. And so Sunday, I ran through Sunday's race and was able to win and uh, moved right it back into Saturday's race. And uh, at four cars, I had to race their track champion, which is uh, Lonnie Sharkey, a great racer from out here. Um, he was... Uh, he let go 002. Uh, he was he was 17 total, and uh, I let go 001. Got there triple zero six on the floor as the car slowed up a little bit. So uh, that was probably like the pretty key round. Uh, just the last weekend, uh, got to win round three to start earning points. And on Sunday, I was in round three. Um, went up, let go, good. Uh, and then drove by red to Sal as he's 53 on the tree. So that one kind of stung. Yeah, I bet. To Sal red, that sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I've been there multiple times. Uh, yeah, so for most people don't know, but Lane and I raced like four years ago, ET finals, I believe, hmm. raced in high school. And I don't know if it was semis. I'm actually curious about your perception on this. Um, I think, I don't know, were we laddered? Um, I'm not sure. I think it was at three cars. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. But I had no idea who you were. <laughs> and Thanks. <laughs> um, but I could tell S Steve, my stepdad, who was helping me with run the car and everything, he was nervous. Like, he knew you were good or something. I don't know. But, uh you kind of beat yourself there. What were your thoughts uh, going into that round? Um, so I'm a, I'm a big like uh, reader and investigator, I guess. So I knew who you were, um, even though I shouldn't admit it. Um, just cause I looked at, you know, every track's points and everything like that coming into the race. And uh, I remember probably the only person that I felt was the serious piece of competition was you. And, uh, I remember that day because I had pretty much just ran high school in that class, uh, in that car, and was running pro in, like, I can't remember why, or maybe it was a gambler, and did exceptionally well and uh, trying something new. And I think I was, like, too red and just, like, take one, like, mad at the finish line. <laughs> right, yeah. But, uh, I think you were like 10 total or something, if I remember right. Probably like the la nastiest lap in uh, high school class history. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would have been a good round if you were green, but. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, I was not. <laughs> so, all right. What do you got going the rest of the year? I mean, in the Northwest, we're pretty much wrapping things up around here. But what do you got going on? Um. The only two things I really set out to do this year uh, was the driver series once it came up and uh, I'm chasing super quick points and uh, my dad's currently number one in that and I'm one point behind him in number two. So uh, not this weekend, but the coming up weekend in Woodburn, there's a doubleheader super quick race. We're going to go down and hit that. And then uh, the following weekend after that, there's another uh, $2,500 guarantee a day. Uh, super quick race in Yakima 
and we'll go uh, wrap up the points championship there. Um, hopefully seal that up. Uh, and then a couple weeks after that, the Fall Fling West down in Vegas. I'm hoping to go down there and support uh, Peter and Kyle's race. Cool, cool. Uh, I mean, you've been on a tear this this year. It seems like, I mean, I've sent you a lot of Elite Kill stickers, so you've got a lot of round win appearance or uh, final round appearances. I... Uh, it's probably been my best season that I've ever had. I've been in 10 final rounds and we started, uh, I believe middle of June because of the COVID crisis deal. So, uh, it's been a pretty good season for me, definitely financially. And, uh, you know, round win percentage is pretty high. I'm pretty, uh, pretty excited about it. Yeah, I bet. All right. So we are going to wrap this up with some rapid fire questions, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. So, first question: What's a track you've never been to but want to go to? Uh, I've never raced in Vegas, and that's the one I'm looking forward to. I've okay. been there, but I've never raced. Okay, cool. Uh, what's your biggest pet peeve? When they don't let me stage last. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll make sure to wait you out next time I race. Oh, that's all right. I got got all the time in the world. <laughs> all right. So I know you got one of each of these: dragster or door cart. Um, the dragster is pretty good. It's it's tough to beat the dragster. Okay, cool. Are you gonna ever race the Malibu again, or is that your brother's just taking that over? Uh, I actually just ordered a vacuum pump and uh, new tires for it because he's just tearing it up, I guess, <laughs> last night. So uh, once that all comes in, I'm hoping to maybe hit the bottom uh, at the foot brake race in uh, in Woodburn. Okay, cool. Uh, okay, what race is on your bucket list? Uh, I'd love to hit the million in Montgomery. Um, it seems like I probably should have went back there this year. Um, just been a good year and um just the swing that they got going on back there come october uh looks like a lot of fun i'd love to hit the bristol fling and then uh you know montgomery and i'm not exactly sure the order of everything but they all look fun over there i'd love to hit a couple of those but the montgomery million cool all right last question class racing or bracket racing uh bracket racing yeah all right Thought, yeah, I was pretty confident in that answer, but. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Because what? Because I have to. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, all right. You want to give any shout outs to anyone? Um, just a thank you to my mom and dad and brother for uh, always being there to support me. They're always the most excited when I win. Um, it's always special to share that with them. Uh, you know, my closest friends, Matt and Brandon, uh, they're always there to support me as well. Um, and then, you know, just the tough competition always out here, you know, the, the West coast gets a bad rap on, um, you know, maybe not having the toughest racers or, um, or highest paying races, but, um, we do have a lot of hitters out here, you know, like, like, I mentioned Lonnie Sharkey or Dale Green, my boss, Jeremy Sears, you know, even Junior Howe in the 
bottom bulb side, I know he's up on the top of the leaderboards too in uh, the driver series. So got a lot of good good racers out here, and uh, just wish we got a little bit more attention for it, maybe. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, thank you for coming on and giving us the lowdown on everything. Uh, no. yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks, guys. We're a special breed with special needs, but we all came apart. No friends on the track, but in the pits we know the truth. And this is the way you like, it's the only thing that we do. It's always the Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries. There's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.